Hello, and welcome to The Dish, a connectivity business news podcast. My name is Madeline Durrett, Associate Editor at Connectivity Business News, and today we're speaking with Whit Martin, Vice President of Wireless Infrastructure at Galtronics, and Leighton Carroll, Chief Executive Officer at its parent company, Balin Technologies, on Galtronics' recent antenna upgrades in sports arenas, the importance of multi-beam antennas in connectivity, and how antenna technology is evolving. Leighton, Witt, thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Good to be here. Thanks. So I just want to get started um, mentioning that Galtronics recently announced that its multi-beam antennas were installed at a racetrack in Montreal, just in time for the Formula One Canadian Grand Prix. These antennas are designed to overcome legacy beam squint issues. Would you mind elaborating for our audience on um, beam squint issues and kind of what they are and how Galtronics solved this problem? Yeah, so so multi-beam technology has been around for a while, and and there are some products that don't have this issue, and I'll get to that, that are called lens-based antennas. So if you've ever seen the movie Spaceballs with Rick Moranis' mm-hmm. dark helmet, that's what those look like. They're large, they're heavy, and to be honest, they're really expensive. When you get to a panel application of multi-beams, which are m- much less expensive, several people have had those, but you know, if you think about wireless technology, you actually have beams, and, and the beams matter, and beam quality matters. As you get to the outer beams on those legacy products, the quality of the beams start to degrade. In fact, we've seen some of our customers who have deployed that type of antenna because of the cost effectiveness of it can't use the full antenna because it degrades the customer experience so bad the wireless signal of the antenna is clobbering part of itself. Effectively, what we have done, and, and it's, it's kind of a cool technology, is we don't have that issue. Our customers are able to deploy this kind of suit to nuts and get the full performance out of it with beam stability. It's patented technology we're pretty excited about. Um, and, and the Montreal Grand Prix was a, a great example where of a use case or several where carriers use that. Um, you have high density of crowds who are at an event where they're probably going to be posting pictures on Instagram and taking videos. And which means the carriers want high throughput to cover that all of those customers with high traffic and a quality experience. Multi-beams are fantastic for that in these super dense environments. That's a, a, a great easy example of, of just one use case where a multi-beam really kind of, kind of plays, particularly once you have the beam stability issue um, solved, which the larger, more expensive lens antennas do and ours does as well. Thank you. Um, so you, you kind of already started talking about this, but like what, why are multi-beam antennas so important and increasingly so in today's connectivity world? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think the, the easy thing is if you step back from the technology and you talk about who these carriers are, Everyone is now trying to do more with less, right? If you know, it doesn't take long, you look at Europe and there's the whole thing about the carriers in Europe looking at the content providers to put money in to help subsidize. Why? Because it's driving so much utilization of their networks, right? 
and more and more for less with higher data throughput, capability, and capacity is a recurring theme regardless of geography you see around the world. And, and a lot of the solutions have either been, you know, uh, very expensive or can be expensive from an ongoing uh, cost of operations perspective. They use a lot of power. Multi-beams, particularly when you get to panel multi-beams that have solved this beam issue, you have better power characteristics, which is, you know, almost by definition, a greener technology, and you've added capacity in areas where wireless carriers know to get the quality experience they need. That's why this product is is kind of an exciting product for us. And, and the nice part is is it it has utilization uh, opportunities with carriers worldwide for various use cases. Thank you. Um, and kind of on that topic. I know that different antennas, even different types of multi-beam antennas, work best for different applications. What are the best use cases for some of Galtronic's antenna technologies, and what are some of the subtle or not-so-subtle differences that make one antenna better for one purpose versus another for a different purpose? I know that's kind of a loaded question. Yeah, no, no, no. Look, it, it, it's fair, and, and my, my answer will be a little ranging for a second. So, so when you think of Galtronics, it, it, you have to think of three separate and discrete things. So, um, this is a high-end Samsung mobile phone. We make the antennas in this, right? A lot of people don't know that that that's us involved in that product, and Samsung has been a terrific partner of ours for decades. Um, we have an embedded division. So uh, think about uh, wireless routers you may get from your cable provider or a brand name that you would know instantly if it fell out of my tongue. Uh, and you bought a router for your home. We actually, because it, it's a situation when the RF characteristics of those type of products really matter to the end customers, they come to us for the engineering services on that. That's an embedded antenna. We call it embedded internally. We've wirelessly enabled body armor, believe it or not, coffee machines without mentioning that customer. I know that sounds crazy. Uh, I actually saw it in our lab. I'm like, what is that doing there? Uh, all the way over to we do automotive applications. Um, there's a large brand name mobile manufacturer coming out with their flagship SUV this coming 2024 model year. The wireless enablement of that vehicle is also us. And then you get to the infrastructure business. Infrastructure is not only wireless carriers, but it's 3PO's systems integrators. And you go everything from macro tower antennas to outdoor small cells to in-building wireless to stadium antennas. And then you have special applications um, uh, in addition to that. And what you find is, if I can just keep going with the multi-beam theme for a second, high density, high traffic. Our, our product actually excels greatly in that environment because it actually works really well, don't have the issue, and it's at a, at a price point that some of the legacy lenses don't touch. Conversely, when you go to outdoor small cell, and, and I'm probably stealing some of Wit's thunder, so Wit just, uh, just, just start growling at me if you want. Um, uh, you know, 
everyone has in that industry, they have canisters as an example. And canisters are great. And it's about the RF performance of an individual canister, how they're architected, how many ports they have size. But when you get to a product, like we sell something called a whip, which probably is a little confusing, but um, think of a whip as something that sits on a light pole in really hard to zone places like, I don't know, New York City, uh, Boston, where the local municipality super cares about the aesthetic. What, keep me honest, um, you go outside of Yankee Stadium, um, Empire State Building, uh, give me some other examples. Rockefeller Plaza, Times Square, um, and, and I'll say this, just to expand on that, we literally have thousands of our whip antennas deployed in the New York uh, metro area, the five boroughs of the New York metro area. So every corner that you walk past, you look on the, the light pole, and there will be a Galtronics antenna. They're all over the place. That includes um, Boston inner, inner City. Um, we also have them in New Orleans. And this this is something that is growing in popularity in dense urban environments um, outside of North America. So yeah. we're going into Europe with this product. And, and maybe that's a good point. So to, to come back to it, sometimes the antenna isn't just about the performance. It's always about the performance, but it's about the performance and the ability for wireless carriers or in some cases third-party operators who have have the rights within major metros to be able to get the zoning and permitting in an efficient way that will allow them to deploy the technology so that the end customer can be supported. Thank you. So um, when you say like the WIP antennas, are they also kind of the easiest to scale or from your standpoint? I, I would say so. There's so there's a lot of flexibility in the design. Um, when we first started selling this antenna, the the requirement was uh, six ports, for instance. Now we're up to offering up to ten ports and a two inch diameter antenna, um, and it can be anywhere from 48 inches. Well, right now we're selling 48 inch and 60 inch antennas, so we're packing a lot of technology within a very small platform. Two, two inches in diameters is pretty pretty cool. Um, by the way, another one that is super scalable for us and that we've been very excited about and has been super well received, it's called the Hyperflat. And the current model is literally 3.7 millimeters thick. And, and it's basically, it looks like a big dish, except that it's completely flat. Only 3.7 millimeters thick means if you have, I don't know, a casino a uh, Hudson Yards, for example, property in Manhattan that's Class A office space where they don't want to see the soap dish bowl hanging from the ceiling. They want they don't want to see the aesthetic, but they still want high quality RF. That's another product of ours, and we have sold it, you know, all over Kingdom Come in uh, in North America, and we're actually currently going through some certification to take that product into Europe. And there's a good bit of excitement because it covers from 600 megahertz low band all the way up to 4 gig. So you've got this huge spectrum, and it was both the SISO and MIMO version. That's another antenna that, you know what, purpose-built for a unique condition and situation where it's not just the performance, guess what, it has good performance, but it's also the aesthetic because it matters to the end customer. And so sometimes the antenna design isn't just about the performance, even though it's always about the performance. Right. 
it's it's about the use case and how you solve a customer problem. Thank you. Um, and do you have like a timeline, a rough timeline for when you're planning on expanding into Europe? Is that this year or early next year? I'm, I'm it, smiling because go ahead. What? <laughs> no, it, it's happening as we speak. So oh, wow. um, this has probably been our most successful year. Um, in Europe today, I can say that we are, uh, have stable business with three European, uh, operators, uh, on the multi-beam side. Um, we're in talks with several others, um, not just in Europe, but uh, also in Latin America. So we've expanded into regions where we haven't done a lot of business in the past. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're pretty excited about that, not just on the multi-beam front, but with, as Leighton had mentioned, um, we're getting a certification. We're, we're going through the certification process uh, with one of our other antennas uh, that will open up many doors and opportunities uh, in Europe. Yeah. And, and by the way, the, the cool part about this is, well, it's three carriers. It's also three carriers in three different countries. And we're in talks with other carriers in other uh, countries, which I, I'm kind of geeked out about. I, I enjoy going to Europe, uh, and, and, and an excuse or two is always good, I think. Um, and and we see this as an area for us to expand in and develop relationships. And to be honest, it's something that historically we um, we we had not always focused on, and that's that's our fault. Um, we're committed to it, and we're going to build around it. Yeah, that's really exciting, going global. Um, what has been the biggest challenge in kind of scaling up business since Galtronics founding, and how have you overcome these challenges to enable you to be at this point where you are expanding worldwide? Well, you know, we've been on a bit of a journey, and I can't go back. We've been in business 40 years, and while uh, Whit and I are a little older, I don't think we were in business 40 years ago. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I'll give you a, a thought on maybe the uh, the past couple years. Um, over the past really two years, we have been very focused on being targeted with our product portfolio for Galtronics. And what I mean by that is, we can't be everything to everybody all the time, right? Comscope, Ericsson, Nokia, great companies, super large. You know, Comscope has a huge portfolio. But where are we both really good and where can we really innovate that matters for customers and then ha- and have competitive differentiation? So part of our strategy has been we have a handful of what I would call halo products that you know, I was I was walking around Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. And I was talking to a systems integrator, and I just I handed him one of the hyperflats upside down so he couldn't see the markings on it and the frequency ranges it covered. I said, "Hey, can you hold that for something while I get my business card out of my bag?" And it didn't have the back on it, and that was purposeful. And I turned around to him and I said, "What do you think?" He goes, "What do I think about what?" I said, "That's an intent." He goes, "What?" And he turned it over and he saw the frequency range, and he goes. For real, you go, go get the CTO. And the CTO came over. He's like, how many of these you sold? I said, thousands. He goes, what? We need to talk. That's fantastic. The Halo products, because the technology is so good, that does it for us. And then the nice part is we actually have a very fulsome portfolio standing behind that that allows us to prove ourselves and, and sell in other things based on our capabilities. 
And for us, it's, it's just, it's a kind of a neat time. It, it's, I would say broadly the infrastructure antenna, the passive antenna market, to be fair, it, it's been compressing. Um, you know, in, uh, in North America, there's a, there's a lot less spending right now than there has been historically in that space. We're actually growing and we're growing because of where we're innovating and the use cases we cover. And, and that's kind of, for me, that's exciting, but that's also the challenge we have to keep overcoming. Thank you. Um, why uh, has there been a decrease in spending? Uh, the, the short, fast answer is balance sheets. The, the maybe better answer is wireless carriers, um, have spent a lot of money on their networks. And so you have this, this place in the past, you go back to the 2000s, the late 1990s, wireless was just booming, right? ARPUs are growing, number of users are growing, right? Well, that was a boom time for the carriers and the money's coming in there. Self-funding, all this good stuff ha- is happening. Now carriers are in a position where to fund the level of product that they need to get out there, they have less ability to do so, by the way, particularly in a super high interest rate environment, which we are now seeing. How do they continue to meet the demands of their wireless customers while they're not getting ARPU growth necessarily or the subscriber growth of, of old and some of those carriers, not all, but a lot have a, a decent amount of debt on their balance sheets, particularly depending on where they are doing acquisitions and rollups. The, the answer is they're going to try to spend less. And, and this behavior I think is, is, is pretty pervasive. How do we get additional costs? out of our networks. What can we do? This is why ORAN has been such a subject. Um, what can we do with the legacy OEMs, the Ericsson's, the Samsung's and Nokia's to reduce costs, reduce footprint while we get more out in terms of RF quality given customer behavior. And that's something that we actually try to lean into with our product stack with so that we can help them with that efficiency. But it is something that you see, it, it, you know, I, I was talking to a, a carrier uh, two days ago, a carrier personnel person, and he's like, you know, we used to buy 100,000 antennas a year, and we're probably buying about 35,000 right now. And part of that is where they are in their cycle. Part of it is because they had done a whole bunch of deployments on the past several years, and, and you do see these waves in wireless. And part of it is they're not made of money, and they have a lot of priorities they're juggling internally. So. Somewhat respects, it's a combination of all of that. And, uh, and as long as we keep innovating, I think we're going to be okay. And the nice part is we've seen boom and bust cycles in spending. Uh, you know, I think we're just in a little bit of a lull at the moment. Thank you. I have kind of seen, um, a good bit of interest from entertainment venues lately, um, especially this spring, summer and in increasing their capacity. Um, why do you think there's either of you think there's been such a demand lately or does it just seem that way? Well, I'll say this. I, I don't think that it's it's uh, a new demand. Uh, I think it's been there for quite some time. I think it's the technology that um, is, uh, you know, they're able to deploy today with the uh, new products. And, and, you know, I'll talk about multi beams again. Um, multi beams uh, are, are relatively new 
to the uh, arena or venue um, industry. And so that is allowing the the uh, 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 carriers to eliminate what was called bottlenecks. Um, so, you know, you've, we've all sat in, in an arena or, or a stadium, tried to send a text or a video or a picture, you know, something, and it doesn't go through. So I think that that's what you're seeing. And it's not just with the wireless carriers, but it's with the third-party operators that are building out these networks as well that are hosting multiple carriers on their systems. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really part of the reason that you're seeing this need to, to increase capacity. Um, people are doing more with their phones. Um, I think yeah. that's probably the, the biggest piece. It's, it's okay. data, it's video that's driving this. And, and I'll give you one bolt onto that. Broadly, coming out of COVID, and, and just look at airlines and some of the talk tracks that they're doing or cruise ships, people are spending a lot of money on things that are experiential, right? And wanting to use their, you know, uh, their available income you know, are they going to buy the durable good or they do, they, you know, they were locked up for so long. Let's go have the experience. And some of those experiences are these concerts or these large venues or large sporting events that they weren't able to get into. And everything Wood said is spot on. They want a good quality experience when they're, when they're in those venues. So you are seeing more investment in that space because the demand is absolutely there. I think your observation is, is correct, Madeline. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you both so much. I do want to ask an open-ended question. What's something that you really think our subscribers should take away um, about the industry, about Galtronics, about antenna technology? Um, you know, maybe I'll go first, and if you want to wrap, or um, okay, I, I would just I would just say it this way. Um, I love it. I mean, what we get to work on every day and, and getting to create kind of cool, innovative stuff that goes in really neat places. I mean, you know, look, I, I, I get, occasionally get to go up to Manhattan. Do you know how geeked out I get to be walking around outside? And there's our product because we're the ones who solve the issue. That's just cool, right? An F1 event. I, I got to tell you, our head of engineering was beside himself with pride to see multiple carriers deploying that in Montreal and be excited about the technology, right? Solving needs for customers like this with things that are innovative, it's just dang exciting to me. Um, Sorry, I'm from the southern parts of the U.S., so I'd say words like dang. Um, It's just, you know, it's cool. It's just, and you know what, it's fun. And so for me, if nothing else for us, helping our customers and now our customers worldwide with a real commitment behind it and a good brand. Um, it gets, uh, that's exciting. That's why we come to work. No, I, and, and late and I echo exactly what you're talking about and being on the sales side, it's even more exciting for me. I think um, when I walk out and whether it's a small cell that we've sold, or, you know, the, the team is sold uh, multi beam antenna. Um, I was at the state fair of Texas uh, here in Dallas um, we had one of our customers that, that had our multi-beam deployed there. I mean, you know, there's no greater satisfaction than walking up and seeing the product that you, you, you know, a team developed within your company and is now deployed by your customer um, and being used. I mean, there, there's it's 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 great to see that. 
And, um, you know, it's, it's like, uh, Leighton was talking about the hyper flat antenna. We've got so many new products, exciting products that have taken off, um, you know, not just with, you know, right here in the, in North America, but now that we're, we're working in Europe and, and, uh, uh, South America, um, you know, Australia. that's exciting for us. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's incredible. Well, now every time I go to one of these big cities, I'm going to be on the lookout for antennas. It's going to be like an Easter egg hunt. That's what it is. That's that's exactly what it is. If you go to New York City, I promise you will see many, many Galtronics antennas. And I say that because it's a dense urban area. They're everywhere. It's fun. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks again so much to Balin CEO Leighton Carroll and Galtronics VP Whit Martin for joining us. This has been The Dish, a connectivity business news podcast. Thank you, Madeline.